Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, The Good News, His Story, His Previews, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva, on September 15th, 2019 look at chapter 8 as we jump into chapter 9 because I think there's some things in there that Jesus is communicating to all of us that will be helpful for us to understand what transpires in the first part of chapter 9 because it's such an important dynamic of what is going on in this moment of history. You know, it's really interesting to see as you read chapters 4. Last week we were in chapter 4. We finished that up. We skipped all the way from 5, 6, 7, and 8, and now we're going to be a little bit of 8 and 9. But if you look at chapters 4 through 8, we hear this story. We see this story of our God who has this authority, this power. See, it's his prerogative, and he has his prerogative over all things, over, over evil, over demon, demonic forces, over sickness, over people, over rulers and authority, and even over you and I. See, and then towards the end of chapter 8, we come to a place where he reminds us that he wants control over us too. And I know as I say that word uh, that Jesus wants to control us, for some it, it might lead to a little bit of confusion. And, and I think the understanding that we have to come to is that, that Jesus wants us to be fully surrendered. He, we, he wants us to give him control of our lives. He wants us to trust him in a way that we seek after his perfect will and not our own. And so in this moment here that we're going to read here, Jesus kind of reminds us of that, that surrender. So if you look at Mark chapter 8 verses 34 through 38, and we'll read them together. It says, in calling to the crowd, calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Key portion right there. I want you to grab that. If you can, underline that in your Bible. When he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. See, this picture of submission means everything to you and I as believer. Through submission, we become a willing vessel. We come, become instruments in the Redeemer's hands. We become a willing participant in the good news of Jesus Christ. See, our submission to God means that, that we are willing to give up our lives, turn from the old life and enter into this new life to ensure that the glory, the glory of God is revealed to the world around us. See, our, our responsibility as followers is to share the beautiful gospel that we so love. The gospel that has changed our lives. It's his story in our lives that, that, that shares the glory of who this God is, this king that we serve. See, and this is exactly what Jesus did for you and I in the gospel. And this is what Jesus is asking of everyone who has put their faith in him. 
See, at this point, I think as we think about as what we've read so far in the Gospel of Mark, it would be an appropriate question for us to just simply ask is, what, what does, why does Jesus say this? What's the purpose? Why, why is he saying something that seems to a lot of people so harsh that if we were to deny him before man, that, that he would deny us when he comes again with God's holy angels? Well, I think that in the following verses in chapter 9, It'll give us a better picture of why. I think it'll help us to understand why Jesus is making this very profound statement. See, I believe that, that he's giving us a preview. It's a, a foretaste of his coming, his second coming. And it's a warning and a reminder that you and I, that we ought to be ready. That every single day we should prepare for the return of our king. Well, before we jump into our passage, let's pray together. Father, we come before you in the precious holy name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, the Redeemer that was sent to, to, to purify our sins, to turn us to you, to, to create an intimacy that you intended for each and every one of us, that we might have it with you. Father, this morning, there's things in this passage that are hopefully going to open our eyes and help us to have a, a better understanding of how important it is that we draw near to you. How important it is that, that we come together in faith to have a greater understanding of who your son Jesus Christ truly is. And Father, to have a greater understanding of the gospel, the message, the message of hope, faith, and love. And Father, I pray this morning that for each and every one of us that you would speak to us Father, that you would open our eyes, that you would help us to listen intently, Father, and that you would soften our hearts so that we may receive what you have for us this morning. Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for speaking to us. We thank you for the love and the grace and we look to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in the Gospel of Mark chapter 9, the first 13 verses, it says, And he said to them, Truly, I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God after it has come with power. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them and his clothes became radiant, intensely white as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared for, to them Elijah and Moses and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. And he did not, for he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. And a cloud overshadowed them and a voice came out of the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And suddenly looking around, they no longer saw anyone with him, but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, he charged them to tell no one that what they had seen until the son of man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what this rising from the dead might mean. And they asked him, why do the scribes say that first Elijah must come? And he said to them, Elijah does come first to restore all things. And how is it written of the son of man that he should suffer many things and be treated with contempt? But I tell you that Elijah has come and they did to him whatever they pleased, as it is written of him. 
So I want us this morning to, to focus on a few key verses in our passage, even though there's so much here to kind of understand and gain knowledge from and, and an insight to. They all say something very specific, but there are a few here in this passage that I think will help us to know and see how Jesus, Jesus is giving us a preview of his glory, a preview of his second coming. See, the first thing we see is the glory of Jesus shows us who he really is. If you look again at verses 2 and 3, it says, After six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And here's the key part. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. See, this is a wow moment for the disciples. Here he is, the Messiah, the one true God. And he is showing himself in all his glory to his followers, to his disciples. Now, what a moment in time. What a moment to be a part of. His glorious state is being revealed to us as a preview of what is to come. Hebrews 1 verse 3 says, He is the radiant, radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. See, this is what they were seeing. They were seeing the glorified God, the majesty of Jesus Christ. They were seeing who he really is. And because of this, they were changed. They gained an understanding into who this was in front of them. So much so that later on, Peter will tell us a story in Second Peter. He sends this letter of encouragement to the church and reminds you and I of the truth of who Jesus truly is. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 16 and 18, he says, For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of this majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was born to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice, born from heaven, for we were with him on that holy mountain. Isn't that a beautiful picture? See, it's an eyewitness account, and it's a reminder for you and I that, that God's glory has been revealed to us through the good news of Jesus Christ. Because of his story, we get a deeper understanding of who Jesus truly is. And this is why his voice should be the only one we listen to. Verses 7 and 8 say this. It says, And a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud. And it says this, This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with him but Jesus only. See, again here, God wants to show us who he is by affirming what Jesus is doing as he reveals himself to his disciples. God himself says, listen to my son. Listen to Jesus. He should be the only one that we listen to. Well, the question you might have in your mind is, well, what, what does Jesus want to tell us? What does he want to say to us? What does he want us to know? Well, I believe he just simply wants us to know him. 
This, this transfiguration process is, is an opportunity for, for Peter and to James and, and to John to, to really truly know who he is. A, a picture of his majesty, his glory. See, it's a preview of what is to come, of what you and I will get to see one day. See, we get to gain a greater understanding because of what transpired in these moments, this moment in history of just how glorious and how wonderful Jesus really is. I want you to take a look at this video because I believe it, it does a really good job of describing for us who Jesus is. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is lighter.
Bible says. <laughs> Is he your king? <laughs> Amen. Amen. What, what a beautiful description of, of who our God is and, and this, this revelation of his glory and just all that he's doing and all that he wants us to know and understand about him. You know, it's so important that we have to, that we take the time to get to know him. And I want to encourage you in this side of it in the sense that as we gather together on Sunday morning, uh, part of what we do together is to get to know Jesus. You know, the other part of it is we, we come together to get to know each other so that we know how to help each other get to know Jesus. See, this dynamic of Sunday mornings is so important and we're here so we listen to the voice of Jesus. We're here to hear what God has for us as we open up God's word and seek after him. So we have to take the time to get to know him. We have to take the time to listen for his voice, to listen to him. And I tell you what, if you do that, I tell you what, Jesus will speak to you. He will talk to you through his word. He will talk to you in the moments when you're just there with him, one-on-one, having a dialogue with him. He'll, he'll speak to your heart. He'll speak to your mind. And he'll help you gain a, a greater understanding of just who he is. I love what he says here in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 25 and 26. It said that Jesus, Jesus answered him like this. He says, I told you, and you do not believe The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. But you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. See, it's important for us to understand who he is. To to know that, that he is the God of heaven. He is the shepherd that has come to show us who God is. It's a revelation of God's glory, his majesty. And as we do that, as we discover who he is, we listen to his voice because we know him. We understand who he truly is. See, it's important for us to listen to what Jesus says. It's important that we follow what he says. And it's important because simply he's coming again. And he wants us to be ready for that moment. He wants us to be prepared for the moment that he comes again in all of his glory. See, again, this moment, that the disciples experience, what they're seeing and hearing, it's important for us to play, pay close attention to. See, Jesus is giving us this preview of his glory so that we can know who he is and what will happen when he comes again. Jump back to Mark chapter 8, verse 38. And what he says here is very profound in, in regards to what he continues to say in chapter 9. He says, For whoever is ashamed of me, And of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him will the son of man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his father with the holy angels. See, this should lead us back to our question. Why does Jesus say this? What's the purpose? Well, I think it's simply a reminder and a warning to all of us. See, he says it's a sinful generation and there's a lot going on. You know, you have to think about um, Peter. He's one of the disciples that, that, that were, was there in the moment of the transfiguration. They saw Jesus in his glory. They saw the preview of his majesty. They saw the eternal king, not in flesh, but in his glory. See, and then you see the life, and we read it in the gospels, how, how Peter denied him three times. 
And then you see Peter as we go into the book of Acts where Peter just gets this boldness, this, this courageousness, and he preaches these sermons, these message of saying, just repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Turn from your sin and follow Jesus. Know this man. Know who he is. Understand that he is God and he came to pay a price for your sins so that you could have eternal life. See, the understanding of the glory of God, the revelation, the preview that we have here as individuals should be so critical and so important for us. It should stir our hearts, stir our minds. It should draw us to a more intimate, deeper relationship with Jesus. And it's simply for the fact that, that he's coming again and we have to be ready. Every moment, every minute, every hour, we need to be ready for Jesus' second coming. Verse 12 and 13, it says, And he said to them, Elijah does come first to restore all things. And how is it written of the Son of Man that he should suffer many things and pre be treated with contempt? But I tell you that Elijah has already come, and they did to him whatever they pleased, as it is written of him. See, here's the reminder. He wants us to know that some things have already happened up to this point. Some things have transpired that, that even the disciples and those that are around him that were listening to this didn't hear or didn't acknowledge or didn't even understand. Elijah had to come and he did. Jesus had to suffer. He had to die on the cross and he did. The people rejected all that was spoken. They did not listen. And now... Now Jesus in this moment is preparing to come again. Luke chapter 1 verse 17 says, And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Did you catch that part? All of this is happening. All of this has happened to make ready a people prepared. I want you to remember, John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus. This has already happened. Jesus warns us to listen. He gives us his warning all throughout scripture. He reminds us and tells us that there will be a day that he comes again, that he goes away to prepare a place for you and I. But the question that we have to ask ourselves, are we paying close attention? Are we listening to Jesus, are, are we taking his words as truth? Because he is coming again and we need to be ready. Luke 12 verse 40 says this, Jesus says this, you also must be ready for the son of man is coming at an hour you do not expect. See the preview of his glory for us is that we might know him he wants us to listen to the things that he's, he is saying because he's coming again one day and he wants us to be ready for his return. As we, as we close this morning, I just simply want, want to ask you, are you ready for, for Jesus to come again? Are you ready for him to come again? And, and how you'll know that you're ready, how, how you can truly know that, that you're ready for, for God's return is that, that you have given your life in full surrender. That, that you've taken up your cross and you've made the decision 
to follow him. And it's just simply that. It's picking up your cross. It's, it's dying to yourself. Dying to the things that, that maybe you love and, and you're pursuing and seeking after and turning to the things that, that Jesus loves, that Jesus wants you to pursue after. It's a willingness and a desire to, to move towards his perfect will in your life. Not your own will. I, I have to tell you, there's days that, that uh, I really want to seek after my own will. There's days that I want to pursue the things that, that I want to pursue because I have my agenda and I have the things that, that I want in this life. Because remember, Jesus reminds us that, that it's an evil and wicked generation. The generation that Jesus was speaking in in that moment is no different than the generation that we live in today. There are a lot of things around us that, that want to fool us and deceive us and trick us into living for the world and not living for Jesus. But the question that you and I have to ask every morning when we wake up is just simply this. Will I pick up my cross and follow Jesus today? Or will I deny him before man? And my hope and my prayer for all of us is that we would pick up our cross. That we would bear the burden together as a church, as a body of believers. And that together we would follow Jesus. Together that we would make that decision every single day to follow God to walk with him, to talk with him. See, if you want the assurance of salvation, all you have to do is go to Jesus and he'll give you that. He'll remind you of that. But it's your choice. It's your step. You have to be willing. You have to make that choice every single day. Well, if you would bow your heads and close your eyes with me. In just a few moments, we're going to, celebrate communion. Jeff's going to lead us through that. But before we do that, I just want us to take a moment together. Even though we're, we're, we're praying in our own minds and talking to God in our own minds, I want us to take a moment together this morning. And if there's anything in our lives that, that has distracted us or turned us, or even moments when, when we do deny God in our lives, even moments when we're in the workplace or, or things, I just want you to reflect for a moment. If there's anything that, that's standing in the way of your relationship with Jesus Christ being fully committed, I just want to encourage you to just take these moments to turn from them and, and, and ask for forgiveness, to seek after God. To say, Father God, I come before you a broken person, someone that needs help, someone that needs Jesus in their life, someone that needs you to show, show them the way. Father, we, we come before you because we don't have it all figured out. Father, there's moments when we, we slip and we stumble, we fall, when we pursue the world and we forget. And then there's moments like today where you give us your word, where you speak to our hearts and you remind us and you, you warn us, Father, that you're coming again and that we need to be ready ready at every moment because we don't know the day nor the hour. But we do know that your return is imminent. That you will send your son with all of your angels in their full glory. Father, revealing to us all that you have and all that you desire for your people. Father, I thank you for that. And Father, we know in those moments that every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
But Father, today we're not going to wait for that day to do that. Today, we're going to bow, we're going to sing, we're going to worship, and we're going to confess that your son, Jesus Christ, is our Lord. Father, we love you, we praise you, and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.